0: You're listening to
1: the Gettin' Swamped Podcast,
0: your number one podcast for Florida Gator football. Scared money don't make money.
1: All right, it's always good to win on homecoming, right? And uh, you know, I think that we talk specifically to the team about taking great pride in representing uh, such a special place, Right. University of Florida is a special and unique place. Um, It's impacted a lot of lives, right, for the better. And um, I think our guys uh, worked extremely hard to be well prepared today. Um, And it was a team win, right? It wasn't necessarily the best uh, of any of the three phases of the game, but we did just enough. You know, to score on defense, uh, to have a game-changing play in the punt return, you know, to rush for 200 yards. Um, And certainly Anthony made his plays that impacted the game. Um, And defensively at times we played really good out there, you know, and obviously gave up some third downs. But it was truly a team win, right? And the intangibles that we developed with this group of players, I'm proud of that. Uh, They continued to kind of respond uh, and play through the ups and downs of the game. Uh, We're thankful. So um, good team win.
0: Great team win is correct, and I've seen a lot of improvements this game from the defensive line. They played pretty well for the most part, Uh, but this was the tale of two halves. Uh, Florida offensively couldn't move the football at all in the first half, only 65 yards of total offense, 46 yards passing, 19 yards rushing. In the second half, though, they would have a total of 232 total yards 212 rushing yards and only 20 passing yards, but I'll say this too, and as much as I guess the de- the defense does get a little bit of flack this game in the backfield, the defensive front actually played a lot better this game than I thought they would, uh, but the defensive backfield, giving up these big third and longs and, and keeping Missouri in this football game towards the end. Not really what I wanted to see, but man, hats off. Jaden Hill, three total tackles, three solo tackles, two interceptions, and one interception that went all the way to the house, which actually, you know, if you look at the statistics and you look at the points, uh, 24-17, Florida wins. Jaden Hill, without that pick six, this game's tied. We're going into overtime. So Jaden Hill really uh, doing a lot of work defensively for this game and actually saving the game for Florida. Missouri was driving it to the own, their own end zone, Uh, on the second pick and he was able to get that one and uh, kneel it down and Florida get the football back so Jane Hill really giving us a score and, and possibly even saving a score from Missouri, which could have we could have lost this football game if it wasn't for him. So, uh, you got to give your hats off to Jane Hill. But there was a lot of people on defense that made a lot of plays, and we'll get into all of that here on Getting Swamp. But let's start here offensively. Anthony Richardson, we get the Jekyll and Hyde version from him sometimes, and I remember a couple weeks ago I said Anthony Richardson carried this game for this team and even in a loss to Tennessee uh, looked a little bit better, obviously against an inferior opponent last week. So you thought, you know, we were starting to come together on offense. Not the case here. 50, 50 Jekyll and Hyde, Anthony Richardson, again, eight for 14, only 66 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, the running game carried this game for this offense. Uh, Montreal Johnson, eight attempts for 86 yards, one touchdown, 10.8 yards per rush. That is a first down plus every time he touched the football. And uh, I I don't know how many times I got to say it. Montrell Johnson and ETN need the football. ETN, 10 attempts, 83 yards, averaging 8.3 yards per rush. (laughs) Richardson, when he decided to use his legs, which he plays a lot better when he does use his legs, was five attempts for 45 yards, averaging 9 yards per rush. And Naquan Wright, five attempts, 22 yards, averaging 4.4. And as I said, man, Mount Charles Johnson, ETN, clearly your two best running backs on this team. I don't know why they're still doing the running back by committee thing. It's just robbing Johnson and ETN of getting big yardage gains and probably robbing our offense of being a lot better. But that's my opinion, and some other people will think that. And I think Naquan Wright's still a great athlete. Uh... I just don't know what's he's just clearly not the the, the better running back of of the of three I mean that's just how it is and that's how I see it right now uh not nothing to slide on him though I mean he's very good out there in the backfield I think uh but as I said I'm not a head coach I don't coach the offense and uh just giving my opinion out here Florida would have 231 total yards rushing and 212 of those would come in the second half where they only had 19 yards rushing in the first half so there was a vast improvement from the, sec, the first and second half. So, as I said, another Jekyll and Hyde story here from the first half to the second half. In total yards for the game, they would only have 297. Um, penalties. This is a, a, a statistic that uh, Nick Delatori had brought up on Twitter. Uh, Florida, right now, amongst FBS teams, is fourth in the nation right now in penalties allowed per game. Excuse me, they're tied for 31st. They're averaging 5.4 penalties per game, but penalty yards per game, they are fourth in the nation, only allowing 33.2 penalty yards per game. That's amongst FBS teams. This isn't counting the FCS team that they played last week. Nick De La Torre, when you add that into the FCS, they're actually fifth in the nation in penalty yards given up per game. So as far as being a disciplined team and teaching team discipline about not giving the other team more field, more yards, make them earn everything. Florida, I will say in this statistic so far this year, has vastly improved from many years past. I don't even know. It's probably decades past, if you were to ask me. So uh, if you want to look at a really good positive for this team, and I'll say it's baby steps. It would be penalties per game and penalty yards given up per game. So we're making the teams earn it for the most part, except for turnover-wise, which I'll get into as well. Florida would only have 13 total first downs this game. They would only be 3 for 11 on third downs. It's a big ouch there. But they were 1-for-1 on fourth downs, and they only had 46 total plays. They averaged about 6.5 yards per play, 8.3 yards per completion, and 7.2 average rush yards per rush as a team. They were also 100% 3-4-3 three, three in the red zone. Time of possession, only 23 minutes and 51 seconds. Something else we'll get into. Missouri actually is one of the best teams out there in time of possession. Uh, 36 minutes and nine seconds for Missouri. Uh, that defense, man, just keeping Missouri's offense on the field. As I said, we'll get into that. Uh, two turnovers a piece for each team. Uh, Florida had a couple fumbles that weren't pleasing to the eye, but uh, four sacks. Lots of pressures this game. 13 tackles for loss. <laughs> that is uh, a really good stat to have, especially up front on the uh, the defensive front there. Two of those sacks would be by Princely, Ewan Mealin, a, a guy that I think is an up and comer on this defensive line. Gervon Dexter would have a sack, and so would Brenton Cox. A total of 11 missed tackles overall. Defensively, not really good. Defense would also give up two. 220 over through the air, and about 50% of those 220 yards or yards after catch, 116, uh, Missouri would average 10 yards per reception. They would also get targeted 27 times and give up 22 of those targets, 81.5%. Not good. (laughs) Not good defensively at all whatsoever for the backfield. But up front, as I said, played really well. I I can't say that they were perfect, but they played a lot better than they have in games past. Uh, As I said, four total sacks, two quarterback contacts, six quarterback hurries. Just uh, Missouri was getting stopped on some runs. Now, they did gash Florida a couple times uh, in the run game, but they only had 150 yards rushing, which, you know, is an improvement uh Florida was averaging 216 rushing yards per game so Florida was able to hold a team under their rushing average. Finally, I never, I, I, actually took the over on us giving up rush yards. I think it was at like one ninety eight. Took the over on that and I lost that bet. So uh, I'm actually happy because I thought Florida was going to give up more rushing yards and they didn't. So they only gave up one fifty. That is an improvement from the defensive line. Maybe I just need to bet on the other team every game and maybe we just improve every stat. So, <laughs> uh, but they did a good. They did give up three hundred and seventy total yards, which is under. 400 offensive yards given up. Remember I said last week there was only one game that Florida gave up under 400 yards of total offense. That was a Kentucky game. Now they can add the Missouri game to their resume as well. 370 here for Missouri. Missouri was also 9 for 17 on third downs. Had a total of 21 total first downs. Ouch. Uh, They were 0 for 1 on fourth downs, though. Florida was able to get a fourth down stop there. But what really bothered me, man, Missouri, 72 total plays. That is insane. That's a lot of plays. Now, we'll say Florida did have a pick six and give the ball right back to Missouri, but that's probably the only really quick score that we had this game. Not a lot of our scores were really quick. When Florida did score on offense on a touchdown, it would take two minutes and 35 seconds, which is actually pretty good, 235. But then the next touchdown would take almost five minutes to get down the field. And uh, and then once you, it was 24 to 10, you thought Florida had the game sealed. They give up a touchdown, and then Richardson throws an interception that was supposed to be Tariki Persaw, may have been a little bit high, uh, was knocked out of pursall's hands and intercepted by a Missouri player. And I said, yes, this is the most Florida thing ever when you got a game wrapped up. You still keep the team in there, and we're on the edge of our seats biting our nails. Now I will say this, field goal kicking is terrible now. I, I don't know what happened. I thought Adam Malik was... Pretty decent kicker. Uh, I I don't know if I can say that now. I mean, if he makes those two field goal attempts, we're not even biting our nails at the end of the game. And Florida's pretty much got a victory, uh, even if Missouri scores another touchdown. So, uh, man, field goal kicking, man, you got to get better at that, especially in these close games, man. You want every single point you can get in a close game. Uh, And we didn't do it. We didn't do it this game, man. Missed one for 33 and missed one from 30 yards. These should be easy chip shots for a, a decent field goal kicker. Both were missed and both were pretty bad. And I'm trying to look up Adam Malik's kicking statistics. They haven't updated those yet, but... um. If you do, he's sixty-six point seven percent so far on field goals, and you add in those two, he's probably around fifty percent on field goals. That is, it's not good, not good at all for a field goal kicker. Uh, might need to be calling Trace Smack up there or something because uh, I don't think it can get any worse than that. Um, but as I said, Florida edges it out against Missouri, gets their first SEC win, a seventeen to twenty-four victory here and can't complain but at the same time you can because that's what I do and I pick apart these games and I do the goods along with the bad so let's go defense here real quick Ventro Miller man 11 total tackles 10 solo tackles and two tackles for loss one quarterback hurry and and what's funny man 13 total tackles for loss from the University of Florida that's something you love to see in any football game (laughs) Amari Bernie leading the team second in total tackles. Eight total tackles, two solo tackles, and a half a tackle for loss. And our boy, number zero, Trey Dean, didn't have too terrible of a game. Didn't really—they gave up maybe a couple of plays, but not really. I mean, seven total tackles, six solo tackles. I mean, nothing else, really. I, I, you can't say anything bad. You can't really say anything good. So, uh, yeah, man, Princely, you, men, Melan— Six total tackles, four solo tackles, one sack, three tackles for loss. Princely Human and had a day along with Jaden Hill, but my player of the game will be Jaden Hill just based on the fact that he pretty much saved this game for the University of Florida. Brenton Cox, five total tackles, three solo tackles, one sack, three tackles for loss, and a quarterback hurry. Florida would have a total of 47 solo tackles, 71 total tackles, four sacks, 13, as I said, tackles for loss, two picks, and three total quarterback hurries. That's what I want to see out of my defensive line every game right there. Now let's go defensive backfield, which was a struggle with this team to say the least, and leading the team in receptions given up. Trading, 77 yards, five targets, five receptions, gave up fifteen point four yards per reception and allowed 30 yards after the catch. Uh Jason Marshall, uh only allowed 39. Uh Jarius Perkins, 36. Jaden Hill, 25. Shamar James, 15. So nobody really allowed anything over 50 yards except for trading. Uh, no surprise there. But I'll say the biggest thing that bugged me this game was just those third downs. Giving up all those third downs, especially, what was it, third and second? I think it was like third and 22nd. Let me look at this real quick here. Yeah, they gave up a third and 22 and uh, I remember Jarius Perkins trying to make that tackle or at least trying to make it. It didn't even look like he was trying, but misses that tackle. They run to uh, get the first down there, and then third and 15, Florida gives up the first down, and Missouri would score a touchdown on this drive in five minutes and 12 seconds to make it 17-24 to Missouri, and then right after that, all you got to do is hold on to the football and run it. Three minutes left into the game. Anthony Richardson throws a pick and we're back to pulling our hairs out and biting our nails because we missed two field goals and threw a pick with three minutes left. in the, Actually, less than three minutes left in the game. But luckily, Florida was able to stop Missouri on their drive and uh, fourth down did not complete the pass. Florida gets the football back, puts it in victory formation wins the football game so overall my biggest takeaways from this game is the backfield defense they are what they are I mean uh, up front improved I remember last week I was kind of giving them some crap and t- saying that Dexter was non-existent uh not the case this time Dexter did pretty well Cox did pretty well he did decent uh I, I can't say it was Cox's best game but he did pretty decent I can't complain uh but man Ventral Miller Princely human meal Jaden Hill defensively Player of the game, though, goes to Jaden Hill. And uh, I want to go ahead and play this clip real quick. So what does that, that do to you mentally? Does something like this erase all the mental, you know, hurdles that you have to go through to get back and get back to where you feel like, you know, I am I am who I was? Yeah, so um, y'all probably don't even know. Now. I was honestly supposed to be wearing a brace today. And, and before the game, it was just something to just – like this was my last week wearing it, but it was just before the game. I was just telling myself, like – like, I'm good. Like, I went through pregame, and I was I was moving around. I was like, man, I'm not wearing it. Like, they came over and brought it to the sign. I'm, I'm just like, I'm not wearing it, you know. And honestly, it was just a lot of hard work, you know, a lot of late nights, early mornings, a lot of tears. It was a grind. And I, my teammates, they kept me up throughout throughout it. Uh, Ventrell himself, like, he, he was one. He always on me. He never really let me be down. Like, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. That's definitely something you like to hear. At a post-game presser as somebody that's been through a lot, had to go through his uh, ACL surgeries, had to sit on the sidelines, watch his teammates play uh, to come back and get a pick six and then get another pick to save a touchdown or a field goal from Missouri. Uh, I mean, basically, as I said, Jaden Hill gave Florida seven points when they were struggling on offense and saved a touchdown or a field goal from Missouri. This game could have swung a different way if he's not out there on that field. So uh, just a great story, man. You know, and I met Jaden Hill last year. It was the first game of the season. He's coming out of the tunnel. He was in crutches, and you could see it on his face that he was happy to be there and talk to some of the fans, but you could see it in his face that, like, he wanted to be out there on the football field, and he couldn't. So him talking about, like, you know, the tears and the days and all that and people keeping his head up, this is a really, really good story, man. And, and I love the fact that he came back – And he made game-changing plays, and it's just a great story overall. So uh, hats off. If that's not in the Swamp Spotlight – uh, for the year, I don't know what it is. If that's not paid state material either, I don't know what that is either. So, uh, an impressive showing from Jaden Hill, and I hope he's uh, starting a lot more often with that kind of production. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I will say this: my, my main takeaways from this game is, is the backfield. They they are who they are. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how many times I got to say it every week. Now, I will say that they held Missouri to their average of passing yards allowed per game, two twenty, right at two twenty, where Florida's play. So. Um, I can't say that they outdid themselves, and I can't say that they uh, shot themselves in the foot. They're just—they're just average. I mean, they're—they're—they they're, are what they are in the backfield, um, but defensively up front. Way better play. Now I know they gave up some runs. They gave up less, though. They gave up way less runs than what I thought they would. As I said, only 150 yards rushing. And they had a lot of tackles for loss, sacks. I mean, they were being pretty disruptive on that defensive line and holding the run game a lot in, in a lot of those Missouri run attempts, too. So I can't really say that the defensive line looks lost or they didn't play. They played a hell of a lot better than they have played the past two games. So uh, hats off to this defensive line. And another thing that I I took away from this game is Anthony Richardson, you know, only 66 yards passing, but stayed a lot in the pocket. Uh, He's still making the mistakes of not pulling away with the football and just taking off running when there's plenty of green grass in front of him. Uh, But also it brings me to the fact that we talked about this in Gators breakdown. Plus Uh, if you haven't joined Gators breakdown, plus good community there on that discord. Um, Richardson, I don't know if he's scared to run because his leg is kind of hurt down there. We don't know the, the we don't know the extent of where it was hurt, but I'll say this: when he lined up in the no huddle shotgun in the third quarter and rushed down the middle for 32 yards, it didn't seem like his leg was hurt to me. So uh, I, I don't know what it is, but Richardson plays so much better when he uses his legs or when he rolls out with the ball. I mean. He's not a he's not a pure pocket passer. We know this. He's a dual threat quarterback. Use your legs, man. If if you use your legs and it makes you a better quarterback, just do it. I I don't understand why he's wanting to just sit in the pocket and try to throw the football. That's not him. Um, but hopefully I mean, he'll learn. Hopefully he learns and and maybe we see. I mean, we see we saw it a lot in the Tennessee game, and he threw for four fifty. You know, Tennessee's backfield defense is bad, but that's what you're supposed to do, right? We're supposed to get those performances from Anthony Richardson. So I want to see more of that, man. Um, that's, that's the only other big takeaway from this game. There really wasn't like a, a a huge takeaway, except for the fact we're giving up these big third and longs in the backfield defense. But they are what they are, man. But that's got to be cleaned up. Um, you know, I get giving up first downs. I get giving up uh, yardage in the backfield. But when it's like third and 22nd, third and 15, third and 20, and you're giving those up, that's an issue. So I I really just would love to see a clean game from this Florida football team. Like, if they give up yards or they give up runs, that's fine. Just, like, don't do it consistently and play a clean game. Uh, I will say this, though. I am really impressed, as I said, with the penalty stats. That's vastly improved. And I'll say this, too. A lot more turnovers on defense. Uh, I, I think from 2020 to 2021, Florida didn't have many turnovers on defense. And actually, I'll go look at the statistic real quick. Let me look this up. So in 2020, they had nine total interceptions and 30 pass breakups. You go to 2021, nine interceptions, 19 pass breakups. So you had nine interceptions in 2020 and 2021 so far in 2022, just through the games. Not and uh, LSU coming up, you already have six interceptions seven pass breakups so the interception ratio is uh is is a lot better let's hope let's hope it gets down the road uh that way but and if you look at fumbles let's go so in 2020 florida was 91st in fumbles per game towards the opponents causing fumbles only averaging one per game let's go to 2021 real quick florida is 108th in the nation in fumbles uh, per opponent per game, only causing 0.8 fumbles per game on average. You go to 2022 so far through all the games, we're 98th, so we're sitting at 0.8 as well. I know our turnover margin per game isn't the best, it's right at zero, so it's not negative or positive. But as far as just co- consistently concentrating on defense, They've been causing turnovers this year. They've been causing quite a bit. It's just, you know, we're, we're turning the football right back over. <laughs> That's why our turnover margin isn't that great because of all the interceptions thrown. But, um, yeah, I, I'll have to say the defense, as far as causing turnovers, has uh, increased a little bit here as well. So, uh, as I said, defense, you know, as I say, they've given up plays in the backfield, 220 a game, but, man... Uh, They're causing more turnovers. So that's a plus there. That's a takeaway. I can get it almost halfway through this season. Special teams has yet anything to be desired, especially after that horrible kicking game we had last year as well, or last game, not last year. Uh, And obviously kickoff returns. Nothing's changed there. I don't think it will. Uh, So they have yet to show me anything to be desired. As I said, run defense so far this year hasn't been great, but they uh, they improved this game. As I said, only 150 yards rushing. Hats off the run defense, or at least holding a team under 200 rushing yards. Now, Florida did give up a sack this game. Richard Garage actually gave one up, which is actually is bad for this offensive line for this game because they've just been doing so good without giving up any. <laughs> so, I mean, giving up one sack, that's fine. I'm okay with that, but like, man... When you, when you can say that your offensive line didn't have its best day because it gave up a sack, that means your offensive line is pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, shout out to the offensive line so far this year; they've been playing pretty well uh, for the most part. As I said, couldn't really get a run game, to, you know, in the Tennessee game, but not many teams have been able to do that against Tennessee so far. So uh, that that Alabama Tennessee game will be looking interesting uh, next week for sure. Now, rushing wise, this is something I want to get into here real quick. We had a pretty good game running the football as well but man so far this year montrell johnson 368 total rushing yards five touchdowns fumbled the ball one time in that utah game but man eight yards per rushing attempt 3.7 yards after contact 12 force missed tackles and 11 runs of 10 plus yards or more trevor etn 306 yards averages 6.8 yards per rush Two touchdowns. He's fumbled the ball once. Yards after contact, though, on average, 4.04 yards after contact on average. 18 forced missed tackles. He leads the team in forcing missed tackles in the run game. And he's also tied with Montrell Johnson of 10-plus yards or more runs at 11. These two running backs need the football, and I don't want to see any other running backs getting one. But, of course, we'll probably see more and and all that. But, man... What a job Montrell Johnson and Trevor ETN are doing. And, you know, this is the the other funny part. Like, these are both Billy Napier's guys, ETN and Montrell Johnson. So <laughs> if that goes to show you what a uh, great job that Dan Mullen did, um, and, and that's that's nothing. That's not a shy weight, Naquan, Ryan, or any of those other kind of running backs. It's just Montrell Johnson and Trevor Etienne are just playing miles better above everybody else that's running the football right now this season. Receiving-wise so far this year, uh, it, it's been okay. This game, you know, it had... L- nothing to be desired for at all receiving wise I mean our leading receiver Justin Shorter only had one catch for 20 yards and everybody else had either that or below uh it was it was pretty rough out there but uh as I said man you gotta you got a a quarterback that's struggling to throw the football doesn't really use his legs. that's you know that that's his strength you get that out of him so um as I said man overall as a team you know there there's things that Are bad, but there's also really good things as well. So, I mean, there, as I said, it's a very Jekyll and Hyde uh, team this year. You don't know if you're going to get 453 yard throwing Richardson or 66 yard Richardson. (laughs) I mean, it it is what it is, but I will say this going into the season, I picked them going eight and four. uh, As uh, Georgia's not even looking that. I mean, they look good, they're a good team. I would still pick Georgia to beat Florida in that Jacksonville game man, that game might be a lot closer than what we think coming down the stretch. But we'll see. Uh, But first, got to play LSU, and LSU weekend is coming up, and there is a huge visitor list this weekend in recruiting, and I will have on Corey Bender for a bonus episode action here for you folks this week. We haven't covered recruiting here in a while on this podcast because the season has started and football games are being played. But as I said, big recruiting weekend. Gator Collective will be out there Friday in Midtown. Lots of uh, former Gators there, current Gator players, baseball, basketball, tennis, football, and uh, some Hall of Famers there as well. So uh, any of you folks coming down for the LSU-Florida game, uh, buy a Gator Collective ticket to go to Midtown. Uh, I'll be down there. David Waters will be down there. A lot of other media personnel will be down there, players as well. Uh, So it'll be a fun time down there. And, of course, as I said, Harmonic Woods, LSU-Florida, you know where I'm at every single Saturday that Harmonic Woods tailgate's going on, and I'm down in Florida. That's where I'm at. Uh, starts at around 8 a.m. and doesn't stop until the game starts, folks. So, uh, yeah, there'll be plenty of plenty of drinking, plenty of good times down there as well. So, as I do every podcast and episode, I will take your fan comments and questions, and we will do that on the second part of Getting Swamped. Coming up. Coming <laughs> up need a sign for your company your man cave your live stream or podcast give my guy brandon white a shout out at white and sons wood carving he has the best handcrafted signs nationally all custom fit for your needs with state-of-the-art paint and epoxy you can have that glow of your sign too with some custom leds as a package as well give him a shout out on twitter at ws wood carving you can also follow him on twitch and check out his facebook page at white and sons wood carving top of the line signs made from scratch Another week of college football and NFL is in the books. And if you're like me and took some shots in your fantasy league, it's fine because your boy David Soderquist can help alleviate some of the pain in your wallet when you sign up for prizepicks.com with promo code SWAPT. Join PrizePicks right now with promo code SWAMP to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 on your first sign up. Prize Picks offers a variety of sports to choose from. You can mix and match your favorite players all in one lineup as well. It takes 60 seconds or less to sign up for Prize Picks. You click sign up, you put in your info, use promo code SWAMP and you're in the game with double the deposit up to $100. So let your boy David Soderquist get you some extra backup and some loot. When you sign up for prizepicks.com with promo code SWAMPED and jump right into playing fantasy with one of the most respected providers in the game. They're rated 4.8 stars on every single platform and provide the best customer service that there is out there, folks. So, as I said, let your boy David Soderquist help you out today at prizepicks.com when you sign up with promo code Swampt. prizepicks.com. Daily. Fantasy Simplified. You're listening to the Getting Swamped podcast with your host, David Soderquist, your number one source for all things college football and Florida Gators. All right, folks, as I do every week, I will take your fan comments. But first, I have to talk about the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped.com. And man, is it a game changer or what? The Performance Package 4.0 helps me in those hard-to-reach places with less nicks, tricks, or pricks to that nether region with precise trimming. You combine that with the weed whacker to take care of those nosy little hairs that like to stick out like Miami scalpers at a football game trying to get fans into the stadium. It's a touchdown to the end zone every single time. So this fall, let your boy David Soderquist hook you up with 20% plus free shipping on all Manscaped.com products, including the Performance Package 4.0, when you use promo code tawny at checkout to not only save your balls, but also save some loot in your wallet as well. So order your performance package 4.0 today at manscaped.com with promo code SWAMP20. Manscaped.com, the ultimate best in man's grooming. Ready, You're listening to Getting Swamped with David Soderquist. All right, fan comments and questions on yesterday's game and the matchup with LSU coming up. Uh, A lot of you guys responded again. Uh, Love it, man. Love the responses. Love the interaction. Love everybody listening to this podcast. This one's from Matthew Rowland. Playing soft zone is frustrating, but I've heard and read some things that make me think man coverage is not an option with our DBs. LSU hasn't looked good, but let's be honest, neither has Florida. Daniels also has me very, very worried. We don't defend mobile quarterbacks well at all. No, we don't. I I do agree. We don't defend mobile quarterbacks well at all. I will say, though, man, that LSU team struggled to move the football against Tennessee in the backfield. And Tennessee's backfield defense is still terrible this season. I mean, Tennessee as a team is giving up 396.8 yards per game. That's 73rd in the nation. But passing defense, Tennessee's giving up 307.4. That's ranked 123rd in the nation. And we're giving up around 220 per game which is ranked around, let me look, 49th in the nation. So our passing defense, I mean, so far, if you look at it statistically, it's actually not that bad as we think it is. But at the same time, stats tell one story and can tell a lot of the part of the story, but also the eye test can also tell you a lot of the part of the story too. But hey, well, isn't it a godsend we got Jane Hill back right now, man? So hopefully, uh, Jane Hill can uh, get some more pick sixes or some picks for us uh, against LSU. Uh, that will be a game to talk about. I will be talking about that later on this week. Uh, but, man. Uh, just a uh, terrible performance LSU put up against Tennessee last week. This one's from Tony Nelson. The offense caught traction once it started doing multiple shifts before the snap. Yeah, that's another thing that I noticed, too, I didn't mention in this podcast. Good thing you brought that up, Tony. Uh, running the ball and AR using his legs more. The shifts kept giving us the numbers in the run game. Defensively, our DBs must play a little tighter coverage. Make them prove they can beat us deep. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Uh, As I said earlier in the podcast, when Richardson's using his legs, he's so much more productive. That kid is not a pocket passer. I mean, he's just... Maybe he will be next year. Maybe he improves. But not right now, he's not a pocket passer. Uh, when he uses his legs, though, he is deadly. And defenses have to account for him running the football. So, uh, you know, those linebackers, they scoot up a little bit. That safety maybe scoots up a little bit. And then that's when I say you can take a top off a of defense. So um, when you're very one-dimensional and you're consistently sitting in the pocket and you don't run the football a lot like Richardson did yesterday and you don't keep it when you give it to your running backs and you got green grass all the way in front of you, sometimes the quarterbacks just got to keep it and run. Uh, he's making poor decisions doing that. He's been making poor decisions all year, uh, not electing just to keep that and run with it. So, um, yeah, I do agree. I mean, um, as far as our defense, <laughs> yeah, um, defensive backfield, I will say the, as I said, the defensive front play better defensive backfield, obviously still needs some work. We're going to give up passing yards. We might as well just get used to it. Now, as I said, LSU did not look good last week against Tennessee, and Tennessee's passing defense is way more awful than ours. So, uh, if that's anything to hold your head on, I know the transitive property and all that. Uh, if that's something to hold your head on, you you hold your head on to that. Plus, it's it's also home field advantage as well. And I believe Florida right now is a three point favorite right now in that game. So, uh, and that's probably just it's, it's it's basically an even game. They're really giving Florida three points because of the home field advantage. That's it. So, yeah. Be an interesting game next weekend for sure. Be a big weekend as well. This one's from C7 underscore dude. The D won't be significantly better until. Todd Grantham coach players are no longer playing the majority of the snaps. Yeah, you confused me with that TG. I thought you were meaning Patrick Toney, but yeah, you meant Todd Grantham's players. Um, I'll say this about the defense. I, I get that. So I, you can give a little bit of a pass that these aren't guys that Florida recruited, but this defense still shouldn't be this bad. I mean, just with the talent that you have back in the backfield, I mean, you have a lot of star talent on this defense. Uh, It shouldn't be this bad. Uh, I, I'm not going to say that they shouldn't give up yards any play because, I mean, Obviously, a lot of the good star players, they're young, uh, but, I mean, you had Jaden Hill come back from an extensive injury, and he gets two picks and one pick six. Like, (laughs) I mean, if this guy has sat out this long and can be that productive, why can't anybody else be productive on defense as well? So uh, that's kind of how I look at that, but, um, you know, it, it just is what it is right now. Uh, This one's from CJ black nervous 2020 and 2021 PTSD. I trust Napier to have the team more prepared than Mullen scared that Anthony Richardson won't have a Tennessee or Eastern Washington type game through the air and LSU clicks on all cylinders after getting embarrassed. I fear we don't stop the run and their O-line is horrible and inexperienced. Well, I'll I'll say this. uh, I I thought Missouri would play us. I mean, they did play us close. I I predicted Florida win 28, 24, we won 24, 17. Um, I thought that was going to happen with Missouri too. I saw them play Georgia last week, and I was like, "Oh man, man, Missouri's going to be tough." And and to be honest, we could have really we could have really been up by three touchdowns if you ask me. Um, but I thought that last week, and that's why I kind of I mean, you can kind of play transitive property when it comes to that. You can look at certain things and statistics and kind of try to judge where you think a game is going to go, but you really don't know when it comes to game time. LSU could turn the ball over five times, and we beat them. to or something like that. Uh, You just don't know, but I get where you're coming from there, but I I, I thought that last week with Missouri, too, so we'll just have to see what happens. It's a good thing we got the home field advantage in this game, and hopefully we can get a a W for uh, Billy Napier in the swamp against LSU, a W that we haven't seen since 2018 in the swamp, so yeah, that would be a a great thing to at least get a win because these past matchups with LSU, man, Florida should have won both of them, and they didn't, so... Uh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying with that. Uh, LSU continues to be a consistent team that finds a way to beat us for the most part. Nah, I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of it, man. So uh, I, I hope Florida can uh, get out of there with a victory here Saturday. Uh, this one's from Bravo Dave. Definitely a tale of two halves for this game. Yep, as I said, Jekyll and Hyde. The defense seemed to put it together at the right times to get off the field and give the ball back to the offense. The offense was not good, but when they ran the ball, it really started to click. And then he adds, I hope they remember that against LSU and help Billy get some revenge against LSU. Yeah, man, um, that run game was non-existent the first half. The second half, I don't know what happened. Uh, actually, I kind of do know what happened. As, as the other comment said, they, they did more shifts, and they tried different things, and, and they adjusted well. I mean, Florida was, I mean, let's look at the explosive runs. Let's see, Montrell Johnson had a 41-yard gain. ETN had a 39-yard gain. Uh, Richardson had a 32-yard gain when he decided to run the football. Naquan had a 10-yard gain. Johnson had another 36-yard gain. Trevor Etienne, 16-yard gain. And another Trevor Etienne, 16-yard gain. And all of these big rushing plays came in the third and fourth quarter. Not one of them came in the first and second quarter. Now, there was a, a one explosive passing play from Anthony Richardson right off the bat in the first quarter for 20 yards, but... That was it. I mean, that's all you had this whole game, running the football. And uh, definitely had a lot more explosive runs there in the second half. So, uh, yeah, hopefully – I haven't ran statistics yet on LSU yet. I'm supposed to have somebody on to cover that if they can get available for that. Uh, But I will be running some numbers this week with LSU and Florida, that matchup coming up. And uh, I'll see where maybe Florida can take advantage and maybe look at some film as well. Coach Clay, comment? Getting better. Yeah, well, hey, that, 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 that's that's all you can do from week one to week two is try to play better. I mean, it's not, I say this, as long as the team is trying, the coaches are trying, and the players are trying, I have no issue with that, but if there's glaring issues on the team, I'm just going to say it, so... Uh, yeah, I get that. Uh, this one's from Dork. <laughs> Somebody's name's Dork at Salmo the Fish. Uh, the team that drops the least passes gets broken coverage will win. Oh, that's a little harsh, there, huh? No, it, <laughs> I'm kidding, man. That's funny. And then Justin comments below it: If broken coverage is status quo, it is really broken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Jason comments with a GIF that just shows a train wreck. So I don't, I don't know what you mean by that, Jason, but um. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this. Uh LSU defensively, I mean, just looking at some of the stats were pretty good. Uh they just that team can just not put it together on offense. Um I hope we don't make them look like a Super Bowl winning team next week. Um we we tend to do that with really bad offensive teams. Uh, I just don't know, man. Uh LSU is a um could be a matchup nightmare, I guess, maybe defensive line wise. Uh, as I said, though, I have to look at more film. I have to look at the statistics, but um, it's a very winnable game for Florida. I can tell you that. Florida just can't make any mistakes and give LSU short fields. I mean, as I said, Florida's practically improved vastly in penalties per game. They've been playing very disciplined. Um, need to see more, though. Need to need to turn over the ball less on offense. Yeah. Um, defensively turning the ball over uh against the other team they didn't that's uh, pretty well I mean the turnover margin just sucks because we keep turning the ball back over so (laughs) I mean if you eliminate just half of the interceptions that Richardson's thrown uh your turnover margin probably looks pretty good (laughs) but uh yeah man uh it's got to take care of the football um I would say if you can run the ball effectively do that as well I know um LSU, I think they're giving up only like 122.4 rushing yards per game, which is 32nd in the nation. Actually, pretty good. Uh, But Tennessee, they were giving up less than that. But uh, it'll be a test, man. Uh, LSU's defensive line is pretty good. I will say that from what I've seen. Um, But we'll see. That's going to be a strength-on-strength matchup there. Uh, but, yeah, uh, hopefully Florida will be able to uh, run the ball effectively, get out of there with a W, considering I'm going to the game as well. There's going to be a lot of recruits in attendance. I'm pretty sure they would love to see the swamp erupt when a, uh, a big play gets made or something like that. So we'll see. But that's all the comments, man. That is all the comments for the podcast. I appreciate you guys, you know, listening every single week. I know it's been rough. <laughs> it's really been rough getting guests during the season, but um, hopefully have another guest on for an LSU preview this week. If not, it'll just be me riding solo doing that for you folks. Uh, But as I said, I appreciate you guys listening, cranking out these podcasts and uh, giving me all the support that you do on Twitter and all that. And as I said, man, if you're around and about in Gainesville, uh, Friday, Saturday, send me a DM on Twitter. Uh, If you got my phone number, some of you folks got my phone number. You can send me a text. Let me know you'll be down there. Uh, I'll be at the Gator collective event. I think, believe it starts at four. It goes from five to seven in, in midtown in Gainesville. Uh, that rooftop place—I uh, don't know. I'm the—I can't even remember what that place is called. But I'll be down there at that Gator Collective event. Uh, tickets are pretty cheap if you're a member. I think it's 20 bucks, 30 bucks for a non-member. Uh, kids, uh, 12 and under, get 10 bucks for each ticket. So, yeah, hope to see all you folks down there. Some of the Harmonic Woods guys will be with me there on Friday as well. As I said, David Waters will be there. Some other media, uh, Clifford Taylor, one of my buddies, he'll be down there. Uh, so it'll be cool, man. You'll have some Florida, uh, former Florida Gators out there and uh, football, tennis, baseball, all that. So good time down there in Gainesville. And if you can't meet me Friday, meet me Saturday. I'll be at Harmonic Woods tailgate all the way from the morning till the sun sets and the LSU-Florida game gets played in the swamp. But, folks, that will do it for this episode of Getting Swamped, your latest in football, statistics, special guests, and social media. Thank you for listening to Get Swamp.